Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Happy 4th of July. Hopefully you had a nice, safe, enjoyable holiday. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Racer. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it was a fun 4th, and the fireworks were popping off everywhere. Even with Joey Chestnut, 10 titles, holding it down with the Nathan's Hot Dogs. you got to love it. Give us a call. We'll talk about some stuff. Of course, NBA free agency, a little Wimbledon update, halfway point at MLB, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Ray, let's start with the tennis. We've been talking a lot of NBA free agency, and there's a lot to talk about because there's been some big deals and big signings the last – 48 hours. But when I look at tennis and everybody's, you know, focused on the young guy and his poor attitude and I'm like, uh, you know, whatever to me, I'm more about Andy Murray getting it done today uh, in three sets. I'm more about Chillick getting it done in what two, is it two sets? Did he pull it? No, no. He pulled it off in three sets, seven, five at the end and the Dow right now, in the men, even Mueller advanced, who to you is looking like they're ready to stand tall at sort of the granddaddy of them all in Wimbledon and tennis, just in the men's side? So it's a coin flip. I tell you what, all four – so the only real upset was Stan Wawrinka, number mm-hmm. five, losing to an unranked uh, opponent. But I would say that – all four, I wouldn't be surprised if all four went down. Look, Andy Murray is the top seed, but he's not at top strength. Rafa Nadal actually is probably as healthy as he's been. So he could easily win it. Roger Federer, quiet as kept, could win another major. And obviously Novak. Which would make us win. both happy. We both yeah. got respect for, for, for the feds. Old school. And Novak Djokovic who two years ago was considered to be the top dog in tennis and, and going to steamroll to 16, 18 majors, he could win it. So anybody in the top four really could win it on the men's side. I really do think it's a, it's a coin flip. I guess the question is, when do you think we're going to get legit, you know, American men? I mean, obviously, I know we got the young girl, Vandaway, from our boy Kiki, his niece, and she's going to take time. It's been all about Serena and Venus has won and, you know, good for her with all that she's going through right now. And she broke down the other day in a press conference, but who's this, the young kid. And he just won. I don't know the name of Curie. Do you know about him? No, I mean, I just reading through in the papers, you know, I think one of the fundamental issues with He's tennis 24. in the U S 24. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that with tennis in the U.S. is 
it kind of fell out of favor in in the junior ranks. You know, yeah. I feel as if people don't really rush to tennis as young kids like they used to back in the days, right? Maybe because there hasn't been, especially on the men's side, there hasn't been a great U.S. men's tennis player since, you know, Pete Campbell's. And Agassi, right? And those guys were going at it. Those guys were going at it 10, 15 years ago. So if you're now in your late teens, early 20s, and you're a male tennis player, now granted, the Williams sisters have been around, and really Serena, let's be honest, the last five years or 10 years. Um, you know, Lindsay Davenport was good for a while, but, but at the end of the day, it's really only been, you know, two or three on the women's side and nobody really on the men's side. So I think that really kills a generation of tennis players. You know, maybe they go on to do other sports. Maybe they're that good. They go on to play soccer, basketball, golf. I mean, I don't know what sports are, are, you know, coincide with tennis, but it just feels like you need somebody at, you know, a top five, top 10 ranking to get the junior tennis well, it sounds like we've been dominating in the more of the Olympic sports, like the swimming, and I think we're losing the tennis, and I think some of the athletes that could be playing tennis could be going to hockey and swimming and, like you said, even golf and baseball. I mean, you know, I, I saw a little video, you know, and we'll get to Gordon Hayward in a minute, but he was a great tennis player growing up, and he has a twin sister and it's just a fascinating story, but this guy, you know, it's 6'7", and he grew from 5'10", out of, like, nowhere. He could get to the net in, like, two steps, and, like, he was a huge tennis star growing up, you know, back in the days in his uh, high school and going in towards college at Butler. But you're right, it's one of those things, and listen, we just got to, you know, root for, I mean, yeah, of course we have, you know, patriotic and country pride, but we also root for who, you know, people we like and, and we can't just only root for Americans. It's, you know, it's just a, a great sport that's open to the whole world. But, you know, I'm glad Venus won again. Uh, what was it? She lost 6-4 and then we came back and won 6-4 and 6-1. So at the end of the day, who do you think, who do you figure that has the best shot to probably pull it off for the women? Wow. Well, that looks wide open, too. <laughs> it does. It does. And I don't even know. I mean, maybe Angelique Kerber. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's wide open, and there really is no favorite. You know what it is? It's almost like the French Open, where it's such a odd surface to clay. I mean, obviously, they're playing on grass here in Wimbledon, but it's almost like when you would go into the French Open, on the men's side, you would say Rafa Nadal, pencil him in. He's won 10 of them now. But on the women's side, you'd be like, anybody could win because it's such an odd surface, and people just, you can't really get a feel for who's the favorite. So I think it's one of those. I mean, anybody, I could say 15 women winning this thing. Yeah. Well, I do like we did get the, uh, what's her, um, Oh, Brengel, she upset number 17, so that was nice, and she's a young American, too. So, I mean, there's hope, and we'll just see. We'll update you more. I just thought, you know, with July 4th and, you know, props to Joey Chestnut holding it down, but it's always great to talk tennis and Wimbledon 
we don't get to talk tennis so much on the show. So I figured, you know, with all the stuff that has definitely been popping off in the NBA, to give tennis a little love. Because Ray and Tay are all about the tennis. See, that's what people understand. We grew up in an era and a time where tennis was just as big as the other sports. Tennis and bo- People can't imagine that now, right, Ray? Tennis and boxing was almost on a level with, you know, hockey, basketball, baseball, and football. Yeah, like, don't tennis get me started boxing about boxing, huge. especially about boxing, because you yeah. can't find boxing unless you put down $50. So, you know, with this whole pay TV, it's the worst thing to happen to boxing. Kids don't watch it. It's not on. But we had, we had free boxing, and we had a robbery. Because yep. let's be honest, uh, Pacquiao got jerked on ESPN in Australia, and I thought that was, you know, that was horrible. That was really horrible. I, I felt, I felt bad. If that's the last time we see him, that's going to be, that's going to hurt. I mean, he's got a clause for a rematch in there, but at this point, you're like, do we really even want to see that? Well, especially when he was finally healthy and he won the fight. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the hard part about it. Like, and only this happens in boxing. And I heard somebody made that great point. I think it was Stephen A. He's like, you don't see that in, in, in the UFC. You know, when, when someone clearly wins, they win. And that's it. Like, it's not this type of controversy or these weird judging. And, you know, because it was in his home country or something. Like, that's inexcusable. Come on. Like, we all saw, you know what I mean? It's just, it's unfair. But you know what's not fair? The Warriors. Because when we we talk about basketball and free agency and, you know, we had the draft first and the question now is the war race. And like Daryl Morey said, the weapons race to acquire talent, to be able to knock off the Cavs and mainly the warriors in the West and the East. Well, all the talents going out West. If you look at the top 20, 25 players, there's like only four or five left in the East, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, Giannis, John Wall, and Isaiah Thomas. The other 20 are in the West, Ray. Um, you know, and I just – well, and now Gordon Hayward, you know, so maybe there's six of the top 25. But so first off, what do you feel about Durant taking less, Curry getting his max, super max, well-deserved, and being able to keep Livingston Iguodala, sign Swaggy P, Nick Young, who's a perfect shooter and scorer for that team off the bench, and your man – Omri Caspi, and, and, and they just keep on keeping on. And I think Young and Caspi are perfect fits for that team. I give them credit. Now, they're losing Ian Clark and JaVale McGee. But, Ray, I mean, the Warriors, and, and give a lot of credit to Lakeham for paying it and Myers for doing it. But how about Durant for taking less? That's huge. You know what? We talk about sports a lot of times people go out there just to get paid. And then you have individuals that go out there to win. And then you have those franchises that get it right. And you see it in retrospect. People now want to play with Golden State because it's a fun team. It's Mm -hmm. a team that shares the ball. It's a team that's young at heart, young in spirit. It's a team led by a former coach, Steve Kerr, that's got five titles as a, <laughs> as a player, two as a coach. So he's seven. He's getting up from Phil Jackson, Red Auerbach territory. Not yet, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but they've a management that really is in tune with the players. 
So they really have a formula and a style of play that's really new and innovative to the NBA. So they are the model franchise. I mean, San Antonio was a model franchise maybe for 20 years. Uh, the Lakers, obviously, when anytime you have Kobe and Shaq together, that's just an unbelievable event. But I liken this to, uh, you know, Gary Payton and Carl Malone came over in 04 to the Lakers. But the Lakers were already coming off a three-peat. Felt like they weren't as hungry. They got outcoached and outplayed by the Pistons, and then it got it broke up, right, because, because there was tension there between Kobe and Shaq. But I think that this Warriors team has no tension. I feel as if we mentioned, you mentioned it. The only way that this team maybe looks a little different is at some point if Clay Thompson wants to break out and, you know, be the man somewhere else. But other than that, everybody seems to have embraced their role. And Kevin Durant, a finals MVP, a league MVP, uh, uh, you know, a free agent steps up and says, you know what, I'll take a little bit less, $9 million a year less, so that we can sign people. So Amazing. good for them. Yeah, good for them. You know what? They're, 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 they're hard to guard. I mean, this team, and people forget they defend. You know what I mean? They don't have a weakness. JaVale McGee might be the only weakness that they have, meaning rim protection. Nobody at that team really protects at the rim, but they have such great perimeter defense. And they play with such great defensive principles that they almost, in this day and age, get away with it. And I think they also develop their young players. Patrick um, McCaw and Damian Jones next year, and then Jordan Bell, you'll see those three guys playing minutes, developing, improving. Jordan Bell was a perfect, you know, draft day, you know, signing after, I mean, trade after, you know, they just gave money to get a second-round pick when he was drafted, think by Philly or somebody, but I mean, it was the perfect, or maybe the Hawks, it was a perfect move, but you know, they, they're probably bringing back Zaza. They're working on that. So they'll lose McGee and Ian Clark or whatever, but, and, and, and our boy, James Michael McAdoo, but I tell you, they just, the, the beat just keeps marching. So let, let's move on to Boston because I guess with Danny Ainge, he really, and you know, maybe Boston fans and, and critics would say, he really needed to get Hayward or else it would have been a very frustrating few months for them in terms of how they lost to Cleveland, even though they were ahead of schedule. We all kind of agreed with that, but just, you know, making sure that you're, you're sort of solid in getting this guy, but you realize in losing Kelly Olenek and Amir Johnson to the Sixers, you were a poor rebounding team last year, Ray, and now you're even whacker or poorer. <laughs> so I ask you, because the rumors are they're trying to make a move, you know, with all their sort of wing players now, you know, they've got a bunch of shooting guards and small forward types. What would you package to see if you could get, you know, a last year contract to Marcus Cousins or a big contract in Marcus All, which is who they're rumored to go for? What is that? Is it is it the two first round picks, uh, the you know Brooklyn's and maybe Philly, I mean Lakers next year? Is it throwing in Bradley and Crowder? What do you think they have to do to get what they really need? So I got to tell you something. I don't think either of those guys is their guy. Mm. Uh, unless you think 
Brad Stevens can get in Boogie's head, you need that guy. When you look at their roster, I don't see that guy. Unless you tell me Jason Tatum becomes that guy. You need a guy. I hate to say it. When when your guy is 5'9", and doesn't and, and is, is statistically the worst defender in the league. You're not going to win a championship with Isaiah Thomas as your best player. And I really he like. I think Gordon Hayward is good enough yet. Or and I don't he think Gordon won't. Hayward is good he's enough nice, yet. He's nice, but he's not. He's not bad. Especially good. considering he plays the position LeBron plays. And luckily in the East, all you have to do really is go through the go through the Cavs. I mean. You will face the Wizards at some point. You or the Cavs will face the Wizards at some point. But, but on paper, you're just as good as they are. The question is, can you beat Cleveland? And LeBron plays Gordon Hayward's position. So I'm not sure Gordon Hayward is, is ready to, to carry this team either. So to me, Marcus Saul is a nice piece, but Marcus Saul's not getting you there. You need that. You need that guy. You need that alpha dog. Number one top gunner. So now, basically talent, you're saying you want a package to go get Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. I'm giving him everything to get Anthony Davis. I'm giving him all these first-round picks to give Anthony Davis. Even with, you know, and, and nowadays his contract was cheap in retrospect to, you know, <laughs> comparison to these $40 million supermaxes. Yeah, you, you need Anthony Davis. Or you, need, or you need Boogie Cousins with a psychiatrist to come with him from New Orleans. Uh, but you need a guy, and again, Marcus is not that guy. He's a piece. He's a piece. But but at the end of the day, like even Philly, I, I like where they're going because to me, Markel falls potentially. Uh, ben Simmons, we haven't seen enough. Um, you know, know Joel Embiid potentially a star, right? They have guys on their roster that could potentially be the guy. I don't know that Boston has the guy on their roster. They no, have. I- I think that's a, a, a fair a fair criticism and assessment, and it's why they're not done. And, you know, this morning, nobody in Cleveland woke up kind of like, you know, scared or nervous because as good as Gordon Hayward is, you know, you, you saying Isaiah, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, the only one that I think has that potential, like you said, to legitimately be that guy it's probably Tatum. Now, I like Jalen Brown, and maybe you can play the two of them together as a three and a four. I mean, look, let's be honest. We're getting to positionless basketball. So we're getting to a place where you could have four or five guys on a court from 6'6 six, six to 6'9. Six, That's, you know, what you're looking for. And so Boston does have those options, you know, where they want to play Bradley at the point instead of Isaiah and go with, you know, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and Horford. And they're a very good team. And like you said, but listen, they, Toronto brought their guys back. So it's not like they're automatically beating Toronto. They just didn't play them this year. They played Washington. And Washington's going to match, you know, the Brooklyn $106 million offer sheet. Oh, my Otto God. Porter. Otto Porter. Jr. 13 points a game. Yes, he had his best season ever. But his first two years, we were talking about how the guy was a bust, right? Uh, and the NFL Crazy. players. Mike Conley and Otto Porter money. Jr. Mike Conley Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. The juniors are getting senior money. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Are you liking 
and give these teams in the West a lot of credit, Ray, because they're not standing pat. The Rockets are improving. The Thunder, the, uh, even the Kings made some moves getting our buddy Zach Randolph and George Hill and their great draft picks. But do you like the Thunder with Paul George and Patrick Peterson? And, you know, they, I, don't, I think they're probably out of the running for Rudy Gay. He might be going to the Clippers or, you know, another team. But are you liking what these other teams are doing? Because they're not rolling over dead. Even the Rockets aren't rolling over. What are your thoughts about the Thunder or the Rockets and what other teams are doing? You know, you're in a dilemma when you're in the West. Do you wait three, four years and hope Golden State falls apart, or do you go after the beast? Do you try to slay the beast? Because <laughs> right now, you know, roster-wise, nobody can compete with them. So I guess you have to play for just get into a series with them, right? Anything can happen. There could be an injury. There could be a, yeah. a Draymond Green suspension, you know, yeah. like, like we had a couple of years ago in the finals. So I give all of them credit for, for not backing down and not waiting for next year. The Houston Rockets got rid of some talent, some young talent. Maybe it wasn't superstar talent, but it was certainly roster, decent roster-filling talent to go get Chris Paul. Now, that's going to free them up next year to be in the, in, in the you know, big free agent market next year. But the yeah. Rockets went for it. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder pulled a rabbit out of a hat to get Paul George. Now, by all accounts, Paul George wants to go to, wants to, go to L.A. In fact, he might take Westbrook with him, and they might have an L.A. party, <laughs> you know, in, uh, in July of next I year. Know. Go, go to, weird, go to right? One of those so L.A. Bad. teams, right? Yeah, Both guys so profess their love for L.A. and they're in Oklahoma City. But you know what? They're going for it. Like you said, 16 of the top 20, nine of the top 10 uh, players in the NBA are, from, are, from the, are in the Western Conference. So, gosh, is Western Conference basketball going to be awesome next year? It really is. Because, you know, you think about it every night. Like, there's players and, and games that you're like, oh, I, I got to see that matchup. I mean, and it's just fascinating – and I think you're right because we never can account for injuries. So it's your job for your fan base. And let's be honest, they still make major money if they have even, you know, a couple of home dates in the first round of playoffs, let alone if they get to two rounds. So it, it's smart business-wise, too, for the Rockets and Thunder. You know, they're selling out those arenas, how many, you know, if they get three or four home dates or six or seven home dates. It's, it's totally worth it. I mean, and you see it with the Timberwolves, you know, I mean, we, we spoke about this, but, you know, being so young and you have Tibbs, you know, Tom Thibodeau being the coach and the GM. And he's like, you know what? Not only bring in Jimmy Butler, I'm going to bring in Taj Gibson because he can do the dirty work. And it was almost better that they didn't get Paul Millsap because he's another kind of wannabe star and scorer. No, they need Taj Gibson who will set the picks who can rebound, who boxes out, and he knows Tibbs' system. So I thought Minnesota really improved because when you get Teague, Butler, and Gibson, wow, Minnesota's going to learn how to win where last year they lost so many games in the fourth quarter, right? You know? And if they can keep that nucleus, then that's something to build off. And you know what? Those teams have to get old, and those teams have to get teams ahead of you have to fall back. So good for them for going out and getting Jimmy Butler 
and having that nucleus of 20-somethings that if they keep them together, that should be a great team in, in two, three years. So two questions. One, did you ever see a day or think you'd see a day where Danilo Gallinari getting traded, not only getting traded to the Clippers, but making $21 million and change per year, three years, $65 million. That is a contract that I think you could put up on the wall everywhere and people in every sport, because, you know, the NFL guys are all upset seeing all these deals, but Ray, that's crazy. I mean, he wasn't even the man on Denver, but because he could play a stretch four and shoot a little bit. And this is all, everybody needs to say thank you to Steph Curry. This is all because of the new NBA, the rules, the shooting. If you can shoot with a heartbeat, Ray, you're getting a deal. That, that's, that's crazy. Now, five years ago, Danilo Gallinari could have earned this money. Because he was averaging 20 and, 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 you know, six rebounds, a few assists. But we're at the downside of Danilo's career, and he's got back issues and he had some injury issues in the past. But good for him. You know, I always say, this money's going somewhere. So I'd rather go to the players who actually earn it than, you know, other people. So why not? But, yeah, you're right. You look at these contracts and you're like, wait a minute. But we just have to reset our expectations. It's like – Forty million is the new twenty million. You know what I mean? <laughs> if Steph's making forty, then that's the new benchmark. So twenty million is like what, what five ten million was last year or a couple of years ago. So two things in summary. So like, what happens now? Do you think with the Knicks? I mean, obviously Derrick Rose is meeting with the Clippers. He's not going to sign with the Bucks. I hope the Knicks don't bring him back. Because I think it's time for the Knicks to actually just go young, be like Philly, trust the process. Don't, don't go sign people, you know, unless you're doing a one-year deal. Don't go sign people. And, like, I love Philly. One year to J.J. Redick, $23 million. That's a perfect contract. Veteran to come in, Amir Johnson for one year. That's how you do it. That's smart GMing. But what happens with Melo? Does he go to Cleveland, go to the Rockets, since he said now he's open to it? Can the Knicks make that happen? How do you think that plays out? You know what? I don't think it happens for several reasons. One, the Knicks are over the cap, so they've got to bring back a lot. They've got to bring back his $23 million or so. I think he also has a trade kicker. So his, if he gets traded, he gets extra, like a 10 15% kicker on his trade. So that means the Knicks got to take back a lot. So – the only way the Knicks in their right mind would take back a lot is if they're expiring contracts, right? Why would you take back 24, 25, 26 million in bad contracts? So the Knicks are stuck with Carmelo's bad contract. Knicks are stuck with Noah's bad contract. My guess is they can only unload one of them. Carmelo would be the easier, but, but there's only a handful of teams. Think about if you wanted to do a deal with Cleveland. What does Cleveland have on their roster that you're interested in? I mean, because other than Kevin Love, which, which, you know, the Knicks have said they're not interested in, in his contract. I mean, you want Tristan Thompson? You want uh, Iman Shumpert? Jared, honestly, I mean, though, you've had honestly these guys the, Knicks, the Knicks would be smart to take Kevin Love. Melo's 32, Love is 28. He can rebound and shoot. Put him with Porzingis. Why not take Kevin Love? Yeah, but they play the same position, really. I mean, I guess position yeah. was basketball. I get it. 
for some reason, at least under the Phil regime, the Knicks didn't want his contract. Um, but you're right. Look, maybe Carmelo turns it around under a new coach, under a new GM, or I, I said uh, maybe the maybe the coach will say the same. Maybe the GM philosophy will be different. I don't know. But you're still you, you still want to take a year or two off of his contract, so you'd like to move him and. And in the spirit of doing things new and going young, they should move him. The problem is it's a hard contract to move. It really and is. That, and the teams that like him and the teams that want him don't have attractive contracts in return. So you're almost stuck taking much less than he's worth. No, definitely. Well, we'll wrap it up. I'll just say this, man. You know, it's great to be at the halfway point with baseball. You know, we play 162. You know, most guys are at the halfway mark, if not a couple games past it now. But you got the Dodgers with 56 and 29 and the Astros, and you just wonder, can anybody interrupt that? The Nationals Nationals are playing great baseball. Um, You know, you're seeing Cleveland start to wake up. Even Kansas City's waking up. What what happens in the second half that would be a surprise? Do do you have a team that you think is just going to turn it around and sort of get into a mix where they might not look like they're in a mix now? You know, I think the cream is rising to the top. Like you said, 81 games is a, is a decent sample size. I always thought the Red Sox were the class of the AL East, and it looks like they're starting to pull away from the Yankees. Yeah. Um, the Diamondbacks are actually, or, or sorry, the Devil Rays, the Rays are, are actually playing better than I, better than I had anticipated. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are starting to play ball. I'm surprised that the Royals have made it this far. Um, the American League, I think, is pretty set. Uh, you know, I, I really think the division winners are going to be Boston, Cleveland, and Houston. Um, the National League is interesting because you're waiting for these Cubs to wake up you're waiting for one of the three teams in the West to drop out. But so far they haven't, you know, I, I, I give, I give three and a half back at July 5th. Who would ever imagine? Yeah. I, 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 again, maybe, maybe I'm caught up in, in last year's hype in the roster and Theo the great, (laughs) but I I think it's just a matter of time. So I I think the Cubs will will go back. The question to me is going to be, can Milwaukee hold off, one of those NL West teams and get that and get that wild card. Can they can they catch up to them? I mean, look right now, Colorado forty nine and the Diamondbacks fifty two and thirty two. Give the Diamondbacks a lot of credit. They are they're going to the playoffs this year. Baseball in Arizona, baby. Yeah, man. So it's uh, you know great great time in July. Rainte going to take some time off. We'll be back after the All-Star game, so everybody enjoy that. The ESPYs will sum it all up, talk some home run derby, you know, Aaron Judge and uh, Gene Carlos Stanton, see if anybody hits at 500 feet. So we'll be back after the ESPYs and and, and MLB All-Star game and sum that all up. And I hope everybody has a, a great July. We'll then probably be done with this NBA free agency, and then we can really look at the rosters a little bit better and see, did anybody get closer to Cleveland or Golden State? You know, <laughs> you just never know, Ray. It's uh, it's always surprising. And by the way, 
Summer League has been good. Uh-huh. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum and Markel Fultz. There's some guys. I saw my man uh, Luke Cornett with the Knicks got a two-year deal, and he was on the Summer League team. A seven-footer that can hit three-point shots looks good. Spread the court. Luke Kennard looked good, Ray. Some of these draft picks. Jonathan Isaac looks really talented. I was like, wow. I'm looking at Jonathan Isaac. I'm like, in a couple of years, he, people are going to be like, that should have been the number one pick. You can mark that on your calendar. Um, so it's a, a lot of fun. So enjoy the, the, the pool, the beach, barbecues. Have a good summer, and we'll, uh, we'll be in and out, you know, but we'll, we'll be back to sum up the, the baseball, and then maybe we'll be, you know, back again in August. So we'll see you around the 13th, and then, uh, and then we'll, you know, then we'll catch up to you probably in August. So have a great have summer, a- and always, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you, Ray and Chase. We are out.